You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Hey, what's up, everyone? I'm Matt Migaki, the vocalist of Cryptopsy and the host of the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast, where I sit down with fellow metal musicians. We talk all about their lives and music while sharing killer craft beers. If you've ever wanted to sneak backstage and share a beer with one of your favorite musicians, well, Vox and Hops is the podcast for you. This week on the podcast, I dropped an amazing episode with Dom Grimal of The Last Felony, Ion Dissonance, and Cryptopsy. There is this episode and over 450 other ones to help you enjoy life, metal, and craft beer. So what are you waiting for? It's time to become a Vox and Hops head. Cheers! I need to plug in my phone, actually, and they just locked me out on the roof. Oh. oh, no. Um, yeah, I'm just going to sit in the shop do you for wanna, a second. Do you want to shut down and, and restart? Uh, no, I'll just plug my phone in. It's all good. Yeah, I got locked out. Jeez, what are you doing? Hold on, give me a second here. Sorry, Blake. But you're good. Tapping on like an amp or something. Oh, no, no. Yeah. Tell everybody hi. I say hi. Blake from the tone mob says hi. Blake from who? No, Blake from the Tone Mob says hi. I'm on a, I'm doing a podcast right now. What the heck is this? People stealing my stuff. Hello, everyone. Welcome to today's episode of the ToneMob.com podcast, the show about guitar tone and the people behind it. As you know, I'm your host, Blake Wyland, and with me today, I have Christian Turgeson from Adventure Audio. Hey, hey. What up, bro? Uh, not too much. I'm, uh, I'm hanging out on the roof of uh, the studio I work at. It's, it's not a uh, bad deal. Yeah, yeah, dude, it's great. Wicked Squid Studios in Rochester, New York. I had to plug it quick. You know, They would get mad at me listening to the podcast and me not plugging it. But, yeah, dude, it's super nice here today. I mean, this is the first day. Well, it feels like spring is coming. It was like 55 today, which is warm for up here. That's really warm for up here. Yeah. Or up here, like I'm there. Yeah. Up, yeah. up there. We're in, the, we're in the same room, quote unquote. So, yeah, we're, yeah, we're, in, the same, we're in the same city. Like today, it was, it was all right. Like it started out just fine, like almost almost like what you're describing like kind of like 50-ish high 40s and then it just started raining and winter like returned it was a bummer yeah uh dude it's like a little taste of spring and then it's like ah no actually forget that yeah like oh you can't have it yeah take it away bye bye yeah yeah right oh man that's a bummer dude so Speaking of bummers, I know you had a little bit of a bummer happen recently, and I'm hoping you're going to uh, yeah. tell me that it's been resolved. Yeah, it has been resolved. Um, well, the situation was uh, I had a bunch of enclosures stolen off my uh, back porch. <sighs> yeah, so uh, that was a huge bummer. I, I actually was out of town, and I signed for the package uh, the night before, and I knew Two of my friends were coming by my house to grab some gear for shows they had on the weekends. And I was like, and I said to both of them, I was like, yo, if you see a package on the back porch, just bring it inside and lock the door and whatever. And uh, both of them said that they didn't see the package. And I was kind of like, oh, dude. So, yeah. 
yeah, I came home and uh, it wasn't there. My neighbor didn't have it. Um, so I filed a claim and uh, I worked it all out um, with the enclosure manufacturer. So we're, we're all right. You know, that's good. I'm, yeah. I mean, that's cool that they were willing to work with you, but like, yeah. What is somebody going to do? Like, is there a rival pedal manufacturer <laughs> oh, in your neighborhood? They're like, I'm um, going to get those adventure closures. So he's <laughs> delayed on his release. Mine will oh, be. Oh, man. I hope yeah. there's not. I hope no one's out for me. I mean, I've, I've had some weird stuff happen at my house the last month. Um, I don't know if it's like uh, appropriate to talk about, but there's, there's been some unmentionables left in my backyard. Where oh, I'm just really? like I was like, who is back here? Like, who is you know fooling around back here? That's weird. Yeah. So uh, I don't know. It's kind of a strange neighborhood. I guess it's a. Is it in the same neighborhood as the studio, or are you no no separate? The, the studio's in a, a much worse neighborhood. There was actually okay. uh, <laughs> like a, a shooting last week, and some sorry. people like died in a bar. No, it's all good. I mean. Rochester, I don't mean New to York. laugh at the bad neighborhood, it, yeah. but <laughs> dude, it's it's a it's a dangerous city for sure. Really, like yeah. I, I I picture this like nice you know you know uh, East Coast town when I picture Rochester, but I really don't uh, know. Yeah. That's just what I imagine. Well, it is kind of like that. Where I live, it's it's like how you're describing. Like I, I want to say like if I was going to uh, uh, like assign certain boroughs of New York City to Rochester, my neighborhood would be like Brooklyn, you know, like young 20-year-old hipster skateboarder kids and like cool bars and everything. And then right. like, I don't know, I, I guess where the shop is is like Harlem or like, you know, uh, like the wrong side of Queens or something. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, I hear people talk about this stuff, and it, it's somewhat hard for me to relate to because Portland kind of used to have bad neighborhoods, uh, and now there's, like, slightly bad sections of Portland. Yeah. And now, but the, really, the most of it is just migrated out of Portland. Like, the meth oh. houses and everything are kind of... I mean, yeah. I'm sure there's still some floating around, but... Right. Way to go, Portland PD. That's rad. I don't know if it's the police department or the hipsters, honestly. Oh, yeah, that's true. I've never been to Portland. I, I'm trying to go at some point, but I'm glad that you're telling me it's a, it's a little nicer. It, it's pretty safe. Like, I've never, like, I mean, when I was a kid, I remember driving around and it's like, ooh, this is kind of a frightening neighborhood. Um, yeah. But in my opinion, like, I mean, don't get me wrong, there's still bad places, but... Most of it's migrated out, you know, out east, right. like far, far east of Portland. So, yeah, you can pretty yeah. much wander around at your leisure. You're going to be fine. Oh, that's good. I, that's what I'd like to feel Rochester is, but, like, you shouldn't wander around on your own at night. Hmm. I need to be careful when I go to places. Yeah. Yeah, dude. <laughs> I get too comfortable. Right. I'm I mean, I, I feel comfortable here, but at the same time, I'm looking over my shoulder, you know, and I'm not walking with my phone at nighttime, you know, just like stumbling around. Right. Your head's on a swivel. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Welcome to the Bad Neighborhood Podcast, where we talk about how <laughs> scary it is to live wherever we live. Yeah. Right? Well, I guess if, if you want cheap rent... You know, you, you, you're going to live somewhere not too safe. That's true. 
I mean, yeah. if you want to be if you want to be in the nice hood, you got to pay for it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I just said hood. I just said hood like I'm so it's like gangster. A, I mean, like it's, well, it's unbelievable. It's an abbreviation for neighborhood, so. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm like you the whitest, the pastiest nice dude on the planet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Dude, you can use lingo. What's what's stopping you from using cool lingo? Man, I grew I grew up on the hard streets of Oregon <laughs> City. You know, I was surrounded <laughs> by like kids on bicycles and puppies. Oh, it was rough, man, man because yeah, I didn't have a puppy. Rough. Yeah, dude. Oh man, your mom made brownies every week, type of thing. Ma- uh. Yeah, she made brownies. We got to have as much Kool Aid as we wanted. Eggo <laughs> waffles galore. Oh yes, you know? dude. I haven't had an Eggo waffle in a minute. I haven't either. That sounds yeah. really good. Yeah, maybe sometime soon. We'll see what happens. There's a we'll good see. chance that I'm going to be having Eggo waffles this weekend just Yo. because of this conversation. Yes, dude. I, you know, I'm probably going to go get some too. There actually might be some at the studio now that I think about it. I'm yeah, going to text you some right. pictures of when I'm eating yeah. the, the Eggo waffles. <laughs> yeah. Yes, I'd like dude. to say I'm going to post Please. them on Instagram, but I think people might get, get yeah. like weirded out by it. Yeah, yeah. Well, after the podcast comes out, then we can do some like hashtag waffle thing. Yeah, we'll do it. We're totally going to do that. <laughs> All right, we're I'm into that. <laughs> yes, it's so good. Yeah, dude. All right. Let's try to let's try to kick this back on uh on track. Right. So, yeah. I'll ask you the uh the classic question, which cool. I always start with and it usually leads somewhere weird, but uh what is uh your middle your music if I could talk. What is your musical backstory and kind of how did it get you to running adventure and, and doing oh. what you're doing today with the studio. Right. Okay. Uh, so my musical backstory would have to start probably when I was like 14. Um, before that I was like playing different sports and like w- couldn't really get into one sport. Like I was playing hockey and football and soccer and everything. And I was kind of like, sports are dumb. And then, uh, my aunt gave me, uh, a couple of her old punk CDs. She was like a like a punk in the 90s. So she gave me like some Rancid and Degeneration and uh, like early Green Day and stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, so then once I heard those, I was like, yeah, I need to get an electric guitar and I need to start like, you know, playing some punk music with my friends. So we started a punk rock band in eighth grade. Um, and then... I started recording that band when I was 14, and uh, I got really into recording, actually. It's also why I work at a studio, um, and I got my, uh, my undergrad in recording. Uh, but anyhow, um, since then, I've just been like in and out of bands, mostly punk-influenced, pop-punk bands. Um, and then uh, I moved... Well, Talking about bad neighborhoods, I don't know if you can hear I was going to say, are you getting arrested right now? What did <laughs> no, you no. do? Uh, there's a bunch of ambulances going by. Uh, they're not uh, going to find that body yeah. that you stashed earlier, are they? Uh, no, no, no. No, they won't find it. Uh, but, <laughs> that, one's, <yeah. laughs> that one's long gone by now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just like my enclosures are long gone. <laughs> the guy, yeah. oh, you yeah. said you got your enclosure thing worked out. I see yeah. how you worked it out. You found yeah. the guy. Well, no, I hired a hitman, <laughs> and, and I, yeah, I found the guy, beat him up. No, I'm just yeah, kidding. Yeah. I, could, I couldn't beat up a fly, man. <laughs> you, you, 
you hired a, a hitman from the tone mob to go yes. get. Yes. Oh yeah, dude. That's what I did. <laughs> <laughs> That's, That's great. Just, just one of one of the services I provide. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So for for future listeners, Blake, uh, he knows some guys you don't want to mess with. I know a couple of guys who will track down your uh, missing op amps. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah. All right. Uh, anyhow, uh, when I when I graduated college, I uh, moved to Philly. And started working at this uh, studio as an intern. And uh, I was just having a hard time paying rents and stuff. And so I was, like, looking for a job at, like, Chipotle or, like, you know, some burger place or whatever. And uh, no one hired me. So I was kind of like, I need to pay rent somehow. So I started selling some of my gear, which I was, like, disappointed about. But I was like, whatever. Um, And I, I sold a couple pedals and this sort of trend started to happen where I was like, wait a minute, I could maybe like build pedals and Mm -hmm. sell them. So then I started making pedals and then selling them online. And I was like, this is great. This is paying my rent and I can just hang out and do whatever. And, uh, you know, three years go by and now I'm doing adventure and it's doing the same thing. That's awesome. You can just hang out, make pedals, record music. You're doing it, man. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, making pedals is fun, but I have a way more fun time, like modding studio gear, like preamps and like microphones and compressors and stuff like that. That's, that's good stuff too. Like you did yeah. name your company Adventure Audio. Maybe yeah. you could uh, go it's that, all, it's, that direction. It's a big adventure. It's a big audio adventure. <laughs> I like it. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, man. Do you see yourself, because you, you say you really enjoy the studio stuff, could you see yourself, like, making studio preamps or something down the road? Oh, yeah, totally. Actually, um, later this year, I'll be, doing, uh, I'll be doing a preamp. I don't know if I'm going to do it with Adventure or, like, a, another signature thing, because it's kind of uh, um, like a hired build, you know, uh, or someone's, like, contracting me to build it. Right. So we'll see what what happens, but yeah, I would definitely like to go the the 500 series route at least by the end of the year. Well, that would be sweet. Yeah, yeah. I saw JHS put out like six 500 series things, and I was like, "What the heck is going on here?" <laughs> that was my idea. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it it, it kind of was my idea, but I don't want to say that. Right. Know. No, I I got it. I mean, yeah, it's hard when it, when it's a good idea like that. It's like right. somebody's you know you know somebody else has thought thought of it at one time. Right. Yeah, it just exactly. nobody did it yet. So yeah, <laughs> that's interesting that you were talking about that because I was talking about that with uh, Rick Matthews on an uh, episode we recorded a couple weeks ago. Oh yeah, and and I was kind of grilling him about what he thought. Um. He wasn't planning on doing any rat gear, but it made I, I was grilling him on his theories about the industry, and I might as well do the same to you. Do you see rat gear, 500 series, Euro rack, or just standard rat gear um, having kind of a resurgence? Like, do you think it's going to go back to the 80s where we have all these massive racks, or what do you think for like touring uh, guitarists and whatever? I don't know, actually. Um, it, I mean, rat gear just seems like a pain to lug around, you know? Uh, the whole thing with 500 series is that they're just modules, like tiny things that you can plug into a rack, you know? Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I like that. 
aesthetic of rack gear and like you know vintage 1176 compressors and like you know giant uh fairchild uh compressors and stuff like that but like i don't know i don't think it's gonna go back to racks honestly the the pedal board uh the pedal pedal board craze will continue in your opinion yeah, yeah i can yeah. see that happening i think that's most likely i do think i do think that rack gear is going to have a little bit more of a a place and get in a in a normal quote unquote guitar player's arsenal i could see that happening just based on like some of these huge huge pedal boards aren't really any more convenient than a large rack yeah it's kind of like a like a modular synth thing at that point if you had everything in a rack and you had like a patch bay on it it's like what how is that any different than a than a modular synth setup you know right it's it's not really. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I feel like the point, uh, well, I guess why pedals are, or pedal boards are like, you know, a huge thing is because of the stomp switch, really. It's like made for the foot. Yep. Yeah. So you need some sort of like controller or like, you know, patch or uh, uh, like looper thing if you were going to have like a rack behind you. Yeah. Yeah. I, w- I was just like thinking about like Nels Klein. And how he has his little table of pedals that he he works on, you know, during the oh, show. Oh yeah, yeah. And I was thinking that how nice that would be for sometimes I like to get noisy and start making a lot of racket with usually with delays or something weird. Right. Um, I was like, man, a little pedal table would be really fun. Yeah, dude. <laughs> that would be really fun, actually. I think I I've been trying to think of uh, some sort of setup. Um, to make it easier for me to start doing some more demo stuff. So there may be a oh, pedal table in my future. We'll see. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, when I do the, uh, you know, shows for, uh, or, or like NAM and stuff like that, it's usually on a table. I like the pedal mm-hmm. boards on a table, it's just easier to like access stuff. But you know, it's, it's silly when you put like a volume pedal on there on that board. Cause <laughs> like, right. Yeah. Yeah. Cause like it's, you know, half of it's made for your foot. So it just seems like redundant and weird. It it is kind of strange. Yeah. Will we ever be happy? Will we ever just be content with the no, wide <laughs> wide world of effects that we have available? Well, I could go one of two ways with that. I could say like no and be the pessimist, half or you know glass half empty type of thing. Like we'll never be happy with anything. Blah blah. Or I could uh-huh. be like, yeah, you know, we could be happy with what we have. Ah, you don't want people to be happy with what you have. You're trying to sell pedals. <laughs> yeah, but you're supposed at to the say no, time. no. Everyone <laughs> needs all adventure stuff all the time. <laughs> well, no, dude, I don't want that. I li- I like the big like community boards and stuff. And you know, if someone makes something better than me, then it's like get that thing. That's what that like is looks way more fun than mine. Right. Yeah. Well, that's I mean, very I nice like, of you. Yeah, I have a, a place. <laughs> Everyone has their own place in the pedal community. You know, you find your thing that you make really well, and then you just do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a, uh, that's very, very true. That's very, um, very diplomatic of you. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I was I was talking to my mom about socialism the other day, uh, mm-hmm. and I was like, I'm not a socialist, but like, I do kind of agree with Bernie Sanders. Um, he just seems to have a, a bitter, a, a big, uh, if I could even talk about it. 
Right. He seems to have a, a, a better financial plan in place with, you know, lifting the, the ban on marijuana, the federal ban, and like applying those or that revenue towards schools and healthcare and stuff. The taxes won't go up that much. It's like right. a brand new revenue stream and it'll keep people out of jail for like, you know, a, a kid on the street smoking a joint type of thing. Right. Just seems well, like yeah, a, a better got, plan. Uh, I don't know. I don't know how much I can say I support support really any of the candidates to be honest because i'm pretty pessimistic uh politically but uh i do like that idea and just from a you know i'm a pretty conservative dude uh by and large but that's one thing i've always found a little bit silly uh and and we could be benefiting from it as a as a country, well, I said we were not going to talk about politics. What are we yeah. doing? <laughs> yeah, all right. Okay, okay. So it, it ends here. <laughs> we both agree that's a decent idea. And yeah, <laughs> that's good. Well, yeah. Well, you said the word diplomatic, and I was like, okay, now we're talking about politics. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't. I shouldn't bring yeah. up diplomats. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. It's all good. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I just. I got to be honest. I. I uh, I think that particular topic has come up before, but I don't know that like we started that we really started you know getting uh, dipping our toe yeah in yeah yeah a little bit further we were almost ankle deep right oh yeah dude <laughs> we 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 almost were in there but now we gotta we gotta get, we need we need to talk about pedals now forget politics right I mean come on this is a pedal this is a pedal podcast that talks about pizza not a pedal podcast yeah. that talks oh, about yeah. politics yeah right pizza and pedals <laughs> that's what we need that's what the world needs yeah, if we had right? more of a both everyone would be happier I think yeah oh yeah I would be so happy. <laughs> All right, let's let's do a little more. Let's talk. Uh, let's talk about you. What was the first pedal that you made as a, as an adventure, or just kind of what was the first one you started selling? Uh, the first one I started selling was called the Siamese Growler, and that was a sort of like a medium overdrive and a boost, like independent of each other. So you could um, you could have a boost if you wanted, or an overdrive if you wanted. Right. Um, and I'm actually in the process of revamping that pedal as I discontinued it maybe like a year and a half ago. Okay. Um, but it's coming back as the Glacial Zenith. Um, I don't know which name I like better. Yeah, those, they're both Those are both cool. good. Yeah, I, uh, I try to name them, you know, appropriately, I guess. Or like... Mm-hmm try and entice people to be like oh that sounds cool it's gotta like make cool sounds you know right that does Um, sound cool glacial zenith that's like yeah that's deep man yeah the uh the guy i share the the tech shop with he's also a a recording tech here um i he's really good with words so i'm like yo what's i need something that means like the top of something and he'll Mm -hmm. just be like how about zenith and i was like done perfect yeah and glacial just sounds awesome yeah yeah i uh i was talking to um i, f- I don't even know how to say this guy's name aski aski i i don't know aski uh the guy from um 
pedal projects. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay. I'm sorry. I'm butchering your name, dude. I couldn't um, do any better. I always yeah. grill people on what their names are before they come on the show. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but uh, he he just came out with something called a glacial chorus, and uh-huh. I was like, dude, I don't want to step on your toes. Like I had that idea before you came out with it. I heard it, and he was like, oh, no problem. It's like not even the same pedal. And I was like, all right, cool, beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think there'll be too much confusion there. Yeah. Cool, man. So, um, do you have any do you have any particular circuits that you would say are your favorite of yours or somebody else's just kind of from a design, you know, uh, a circuit design standpoint? Maybe um well, I've been messing around a lot with the FV1 the last year. Mm-hmm. And it just seems like a template that I could like upload code to that it could be any pedal really that I wanted it to be. Um, right. And because I've studied that pedal so intensely in the last year, I I'm I know like the ins and outs and like what to change to make it sound like this and blah blah blah. Most of it's digital, but um just that circuit in general has amazed me. Nice. So yeah. how do you find it reacts to how do you find that the digital aspects of the that FV1 platform react to the analog things like preamp parts and stuff to the to the various reverbs or delays or whatever that's what a lot of people use it for so that's why I said it but right so you're saying like how does it compare to analog reverbs no, and delays n- no not so much that but like say you make a a reverb and it has a some people design them with a you know like a like a preamp section in the that pedal if that oh, makes any yeah, sense yeah. Does it yeah, really gotcha. change the sound of of the digital part of it that much, or is it more just like just boosting signal? Um, yeah, well, it depends how far you boost the signal, really. It's like, uh, you know, if you have a preamp that's way too hot and then you're overloading the um, the chip input, mm-hmm. then it's sort of like it's it's going to clip going in and then it's going to sound either really cool or like garbage coming out, you know. Now I'm kind of excited to see what that would do with like something that's a classic circuit that it, or not yeah. classic circuit but classic algorithm that everybody kind of knows. Right. Like I'd be interested to hear what a supermoon sounded like if you slammed it with something. Well, I guess I could try that at home, couldn't I? Yeah. I could. I could try. I've never purposely yeah. tried to make a reverb <laughs> clip before. Right. Well, I'm sure he has some sort of limiting thing going into it. Um, well, that's or true. Like, yeah. Yeah, I guess you'd have to really be designing it. And, well, I don't know. I wouldn't do it on purpose to, like, overload the chip because then you could just overload it afterwards or, like, when it comes out and then you can put distortion on it or whatever. It makes more sense. I see. Yeah. See, this is why you make pedals and I talk about <laughs> nonsense. Yeah. <laughs> you don't talk about nonsense, <laughs> but, like, you know, we we can talk the same language sometimes. Sometimes I yeah. I know just enough to be super dangerous, and that's about the extent <laughs> of it. Dude, honestly, that's where the great ideas come from. Is like guys like you, where you know you're like, what if we made something like this or like this? And I and like immediately I would be like, no, that doesn't make sense to do it. But but then it kind of makes me be like, what if though? I, you know, what if it could be this way? <clears throat> I have I've I have an idea, and I I talked with the Tom 
Kogut from uh, Tomcat about it. Oh, and, uh, yeah, yeah. And yeah, I, I heard uh, that podcast that you you guys were talking about the idea, but then you were like, after the, after the podcast. We'll yeah, talk. we talked. We did talk about it after, and he's like, that's really cool. I'm doing something else, though. And I was like, yeah. that's even that's even cooler. So Weird. <laughs> yeah. Did you guys talk about his, uh, his reverb delay thing? Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, I know about that. Me and Tom text sometimes back and nice. forth about stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I'm excited. Uh, excited to see that thing come out. It's gonna be oh, really yeah, cool, dude. And I really yeah, like man. the the name. Uh, now I forgot what it was. Hold on. Um, yeah, my brain failed. I can't remember what yeah. it was called, but I it was really cool. Too. The Daydreamer. Oh yeah, there you go. Mm-hmm. That's a rad name. I don't even know if I even knew the name to begin with. Maybe I don't know. I think sorry, he posted sorry, about Tom. it by now. <laughs> he's gonna be so mad at you he's never yeah. gonna talk to you again <laughs> no i hope not i send him to i send him memes all the time so oh perfect yeah i sent we you a meme started... the other day yeah we did i think it was involving bernie yeah. sanders again <laughs> yeah, it was. yeah dude i'm a i'm a meme guy you know are you if, i like yeah, memes if you, you want to get on my good side send me some memes on All my right, Instagram, everyone. it says "send me some cat memes," but that's you know that's a little specific. Send me whatever memes. Just all right, everyone. If uh, <laughs> <laughs> you need to email Christian all yeah. of your best memes to yes. get on his good oh, side, please. You'll go through my Instagram and like you know more than half, nah, a, a select select amount of them are memes. Just uh, meme posts. I just I like, like to reblog. Yeah, dude. There, there's people who make careers out of that these days. Yeah, I don't know how that happens, but that's cool. I don't either. Um, seems like yeah. a really, um, like, I don't know. Seems like a really yeah. odd way to go about things. Yeah. But hey, whatever. Yeah, from a, actually from a serious like promotional standpoint, I'll post memes on my Instagram and get like a crazy amount of likes and tags, and it just brings people to my Instagram. Right. You know, it's it's crazy how it happens. I yeah, I agree. I've tried to um kind of the same thing. I do keep them guitar related most of the time. That's why I've only yeah. only done one. One of them was like or excuse me, only done like one or two. I don't remember how many there actually are, but yeah. Uh one of them was like Jimi Hendrix crying because Lil Wayne had picked up a guitar and oh, uh, no. that <laughs> <laughs> That sounds good. Every, yeah, everyone got a got a pretty big kick out of that. I might have to repost yeah. that one again. Yeah, it was dude. Like a, months ago, <laughs> I did. I saw this. Uh, I saw this Jimi Hendrix meme that was like uh, something along the lines of like, "How did he get that tone?" And they someone photoshopped like a Line Six amp oh. into it. And it was like, I, was like, I was like, "Oh, that's great." <laughs> I mean, like guitar memes like that are hilarious to me. I agree. It's yeah. good stuff. Yeah, yeah. For well, sure. speaking of speaking of tone, because that's what we're about here. Yeah, I'm, or totally. so I so I misled people to believe. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> do you have any like tonal heroes or things that you shoot for? Things that have inspired uh, you, etc. I could talk about uh, some of my favorite amps. Um, so uh, I guess maybe t- was it two years ago? It might have been two and a half years ago when I lived in Philly. I met uh, 
this guy, Andrew Wilson, who's now like one of my best friends. He runs Camel Tone Electronics. Okay, um, yeah. Yeah, and uh, he introduced me to the Fender Champ. I just like went out to his house uh, in South Jersey, and we just like hung out and played guitar and drank coffee and whatever. And uh, he had this little 70s Champ, and I was like, whoa, dude, this thing it sounds amazing. You know, you crank it at like maybe like 80% or whatever, maybe like mm-hmm. 2 or 3 o'clock, and it's just like, oh, dude. That thing inspired me to like, uh, you know, I guess like find that feeling again. Um, but I built a, a Champ clone actually a couple years ago. I fell in love with this so much. Nice. Um, yeah, so I have that one. And uh, recently I've been all about the jazz chorus amps. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. Dude, I love just it. It's like weirdly clean. Like, it takes pedals like amazing. It's sort of like a high def TV. I mean, it's not great for everything, but you know, if you're if you want that like glisteny top end and like shimmer reverb, like really sharp decay or really sharp delay type of notes, the dude, Mm -hmm. jazz choruses are what's up for that. I've been eyeballing those for a while, and I've plugged into them a couple times and, and going like, I really like this. Um, is this something that I would use? And I and I always kind of invariably come back to, I don't know. Um, right. Because I, I, whenever I'm playing with amps, I kind of just, except, with the exception of the, the jazz chorus, I can't, I can usually tell if it's going to be something that's going to work for me with my pedals that right. I like to use. Like I'll like just give me a tube screamer to try into it, and I'll probably know if I'm gonna use it or not. Right, right. Except I don't really, ironically, I don't really play with a tube screamer. I just know what that sounds like and how yeah. it reacts. It's like your reference point. Yeah. So yeah. I I kind of plugged into that with a with a tube screamer and and played with it for a while. I was like, man, I really like the clean by itself. I don't know about the rest of my gear it was like one that kind of left me questioning and i didn't right. i didn't end up bringing it home so now you've really piqued my curiosity yeah. again i got you well i don't run too much distortion into it it's really just like for an ambient type of thing um, ah. yeah the thing with with amps for me is i'll pick up broken amps at like pawn shops and stuff and fix them for me and then mm-hmm. people at the studio can use them so it's like I, i'm not out too much money you know it doesn't hurt my wallet and then i just spend some time figuring out what's wrong and fixing it and then i have this awesome jazz course i actually picked one up at a pawn shop like six months ago and it's broken and, and you're gonna like, bring it back to yeah, life yeah it's actually sitting right here uh, i'm uh in the tech shop now but yeah i gotta uh i gotta figure it out that's rad man yeah. Now I'm gonna now I'm gonna be trying to track one of those down to play it again. Yeah. This was a couple of years ago, so very yeah, interesting. Yeah, you should, dude. This this one makes this crazy like dubstep y like like sound. There's something weird with the the clock signal of the mm-hmm. um, chorus chips that it's like getting into the signal path. I don't know what's going on, but I posted it on Instagram and uh, one from pedals and effects tagged Nick and he was like, yo, you should get this. And I was like, this isn't, <laughs> like, this isn't a normal thing that happens with the jazz chords. <laughs> it's like, it's obviously broken. That guy uh, seems to really like some broken sound. So I mean, yeah. which I can fully get on board with. So that might work yeah. for him. 
Yeah, those guys, uh, they they have some awesome videos. Yes, they do. Yeah. I'm actually going to send a whatever about to them uh, at the end of the month. Oh, sweet. Yeah. Yeah, I was hanging out with them in L.A. for a little bit um, when I was there for NAM or like mm-hmm. Anaheim or wherever we were. I don't know. You know, somewhere on the West Coast in California, <laughs> yeah. wherever yeah, they, yeah. wherever it is. Yeah, yeah, it was it was wherever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I watched him do some crazy things over at the, <laughs> you know, I can't remember what they call themselves now. Uh, oh, what? the Guild of Cacanavis uh, oh, Effects. Yeah, yeah. I didn't say that yeah. right, but um, he was over there and he had like all their stuff basically. Every- oh, <laughs> dude, I was there too. Were you standing was, there when he was yeah, doing that? The the Nick Reinhardt demo. Uh, the one I watched, I watched Nick do it, and then uh, Juan came like right behind him. I think Nick uh, was actually the one doing it. Now I can't remember, but I know Juan came up because I knew yeah. I remember what he looked like. So, yeah, I watched <laughs> the one with uh, with Nick. That was rad. He was doing things. Oh yeah, that was, was that the one where he had that crazy painted up DL four. Yeah, yeah. I was just okay. about to say that actually. I don't know what the hell that was going on with that thing, but wow, yeah. that was some good yeah, stuff. Dude. I uh, I have a DL4 that I I fixed for a customer last week, and it's just been kind of sitting on the shelf here. But maybe I'll break it out tonight and uh, you know have some fun. There you go. I don't have yeah. a DL4, and I kind of find that odd. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, they're they're all right. It's nothing to really write home about. I don't know. Some guys seem to love them. I've played yeah. them before, and I kind of had the same feeling what you just said. But some guys really do yeah, yeah. magical things with them. Right. So I feel like it might be a generational thing. Like when they came out, it was you know the 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 coolest thing around. But now I feel like you know get uh, get a, a different delay and uh, like a Ditto X two or something, and rock with that. You don't need a whole DL four setup. Well, that's true. You, uh, yeah. Now that you mention it, I do have a couple things that could probably fill the gap. I just yeah. haven't tried them out that way. Right. Interesting. So, do you have a like favorite pedal then? Since we're talking about uh, cool things. Yeah, dude. It changes all the time. Um, let's see. Um, my favorite pedal, as of recently. Um, maybe, well, I'm, I would be cheating if I said I, I picked up this eighties, uh, Washburn chorus the other day, just mm-hmm. at like the local shop here. It was like 20 bucks. And I was like, yeah. yeah, why not? I was there picking up tubes for this guy's amp. Um, and that thing is just really cool. Uh, but it'll, you know, it'll change again in two weeks or, <laughs> you know, whatever it is. I really like, uh, everything that Joel makes from Chase Bliss. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He uh, he makes some really cool stuff. Um, I really liked his uh, his new delay. Mm-hmm. Uh, I heard I heard it at Nam. That thing was rad, dude. Yeah, the tonal recall. That thing was awesome. Yeah, I I loved it. Uh, I was just talking to him about it the other day, and he was like, "Oh, thanks, man. That's really great to hear." I'm like, "Come on, you hear it all the time." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Everyone knows you're a mad genius. Stop being so right. humble and and such a nice dude. Right, <laughs> making yeah. me feel he's, like a scumbag. He's crazy nice. <laughs> I like that dude. We got a we got a running joke with uh, you know hashtag vibes. I had to say oh, it. You know hashtag vibes. Yeah. I like yeah. it. Good vibes. Yeah, yeah. Good vibes, dude. Love it, man. Yeah. It's kind of what uh, 
the general feeling of the industry as a whole is is good vibes. So yeah, yeah, it's great. Uh, I was uh, explaining this to someone the other day how the pedal community is kind of about camaraderie. It's it's very rare that you would see um, some like uh, sort of like disgusting rivalry thing happen. You know, everybody's kind of like helping each other up to the top. Right. Yeah. Well, that's what I see, at least. I don't know about other guys. That that seems to be the general consensus. I mean, obviously, there can't be you know hundreds and hundreds of people all in the same industry and not have one, right? Like jerk face, to put it nicely. Yeah. Yeah, um, uh, yeah I'm sure there's a few of them. There's there's you know there's people out there, but like as a whole, like it's it's super diluted in comparison yeah. to some other industries where it's like that guy. Right. I don't want to be around him, yeah. you know. I think it really comes down to the fact that we all are musicians and, you know, love music and stuff and that's really the root of it all. So when it comes from like a love of something and then we all sort of are a part of that, you know, it makes sense that we're all friends. It's not like we're all like cutthroat, you know. Right. Well, I've heard of a lot of comparisons and it's starting to make sense um comparisons to the craft beer industry. Like oh. those guys seem to have a lot of the same kind of principles, and I almost wonder if it's uh, you know, the same thing where there there's a lot of big like collaboration things that happen these days, and yeah. and it it seems to have kind of a similar, uh, obviously on a bigger scale because there's more people that drink beer than play guitar, but right, right, it, there seems to be a similar trajectory with the market, you know. Mm. As far as you know, the percentage of sales and blah 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 blah. It just yeah. there's a lot of similarities in the two, and um, I think it That's might interesting. It might delve back into like being a creative type person, right? I, I almost yeah. wonder if it has something to do with that mentality. I don't right. know. Well, I think most entrepreneurs are creative people, so I mean, that makes sense. Yeah. But uh, quickly, um, speaking of craft brews, uh, have you tried that new Sierra Nevada where it's made with like cactus, f- like fruit or something like that? No, I have not seen that. Yeah, it's it's really great. It's kind of like a, uh, it tastes like a sour apple almost. Really? It's, I think it's like a sour lager they're, they're labeling it as. But yo, next time you go to a bar or something and, and you see the new Sierra Nevadas, try it out, dude. It's great. I'll keep my eyes eyes peeled. They pretty much send everything everywhere these days. So it's, yeah, yeah. It's, I think uh, they're closer to you though. They're in California. Yeah, they're 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 really close. I think they actually have several breweries kind of spread out uh, at this yeah. point. Yeah, that I can't would remember make if sense. they have one really large brewery or if it's several spread out. But um, they're doing they they have large distribution. So yeah, they're doing it, dude. I'll keep my eyes peeled. I've always yeah. liked a good classic torpedo. So, oh uh, yeah, those are great too. I, mm-hmm. I'll I'll stick with the pale ales. Those are my favorite. Yeah. Yeah, dude. That Can't you go, go wrong. to? You think? Yeah. Well, if I look at a beer list at a bar, I'm just like, uh, what is all this nonsense? And I'm like, <laughs> oh, yeah, pale ale. All right, I'll go with that. Nice. Yeah. I, I'm the same way, but with imperial stouts. Oh yeah, yeah. I kind of like Not, everything. Yeah. But like Not a that's a huge stout guy. It's a it can be a polarizing thing. Mm. Um, some people just absolutely love them, and some people it's like that's too much for me. Some people it's yeah. it's not enough. I need a double quadruple imperial stout. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude. 
I know but, some people like that for sure. I I, I kind of lean that way a little bit once in a while, yeah. but yeah, it's hard to do that all the time. You just right. get full and and yeah. And, oh yeah, dude. Those are sippers. Those are what those are. And I'm right. Yeah, I'm I like that phrase. That. It's a sipper. It's a sipper. You just enjoy. Yeah. I'm actually uh, going to meet up with uh, my art guy uh, at a restaurant bar uh, after we do this podcast. We're going to do some art for uh, some new pedals coming out this year. Oh? Yeah. Can um, we talk about those? Yeah. Well, they're still kind of in uh, in development, but um, I'm doing a delay. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't really figured out what I want on the tails yet. I'm also open to ideas. Uh, I know I want like an octave up function, uh, and then maybe like a, a bit crush thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I don't know. We'll we'll see what happens. Right. Um, but yeah, that'll come out. I, I want to say shortly after the whatever comes out um, at the end of this month. Mm-hmm. Uh, what else do I got going on? Oh, that's I got, exciting. Uh, I got a buffer that I'm working on. Which is sort of like, um, you know, your standard buffer, really small enclosure, but um, it's going to be run on 18 volts. So you plug in 9 volts, but then it gets converted to 18 within it, so you get more headroom and uh, less distortion. Cool. And, uh, and it'll also have an output with a switch, so you can select 9 or 18 volts output. So oh, cool. you don't you don't lose uh, a, you know a power jack from your voodoo supply or whatever. It just goes right through, and you could step it up to eighteen if you want to send it to like an overdrive or something. That's really cool. Yeah, I like so, that a lot. Yeah, so that's like a kind of like a utilitarian uh, little tool. I don't know if I've heard of that option on a buffer. Buffer. Uh, <laughs> Maybe that's what I'll name it, dude. Buffer. <laughs> oh man, that's great. I don't know why my my mouth decided that it was a an old scratch CD yeah. there for a second, but yeah, dude. I, I know those did. days. Uh, that's really cool. I, I yeah. I'm actually really interested in that because um, like. That just opens up possibilities and gives you, you know, that utility box that you need with yeah. the option with an extra eighteen volt out, basically. Yeah, so that's rad. Yeah, the, it's it's also not just a buffer too. It's going to be kind of like a boost, like an always on boost with a trimmer inside, so you can get like louder volumes if you want to send it through there. I don't know. It's it's still all like in the prototype staging, but it'll get worked out. I like where your head's at with that. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah, I'm trying to so, like not make the same buffer over and over and over again. You know what I mean? Right. <laughs> so, which so I here feel we like go. The, we're gonna ex- yeah. we're gonna ex- uh, ex- like I'm 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 right on that edge where I'm getting dangerous with my electronics knowledge. I'm assuming uh, yeah. you're I'm assuming you're using a charge <laughs> pump of yeah, some variety. Yeah, oh, yes. yes, you got it. Sweet. And then it's powered by hamsters. Yes, okay. but not not regular size hamster wheels. Like we're talking like monster truck sized hamster wheels, dude. Yeah, you need a you need you know a lot of torque with that. <laughs> <laughs> you need how many hamsters do you think are, yeah. are required to run this particular buffer? Yeah, at, well, I'd say at least one. I don't right. know. I mean, with I a large know how, with, yeah. with a large wheel. Yeah, yeah exactly. 
Yeah, so, we could even put a cheetah on there. The wheel would be big enough. I see. So, yeah. well, it's like that leverage principle. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So the only one who will be able to use this buffer is somebody like Joe Bonamassa, who has a, he has a whole yeah. separate tour bus for the hamster wheel the, power yes. supply. Yeah, him and maybe the Edge, he would probably have something like that. Uh, who, I don't know who else would even have that you know, sort of powering capabilities. Well, you know, the ones who need it, they'll find it. Yeah, yeah, you're right. It's as analog yeah. as it gets, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude, I was just talking before uh, with uh, with my buddy. Um, I was like putting uh, labels on stuff to ship out, and I was mm-hmm. like pulling the tape. And he was like, dude, he's like, that's as analog as it gets, you know, pulling the tape and putting it on the package. <laughs> I was like, yeah, dude, straight analog tape right now. A- analog tape. There, is yeah. no, there were no Pro Tools used in boxing those packages. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, dude, not at all. It's all analog. Man, I love that. Yeah. It just, feel, it just feels more organic, you know? Yeah, it does. You know, you find <laughs> you, you get your package, and it's like, wow, this guy. You know, he put a lot of time into this, right? And how much tape did you have to use to get that hamster wheel though uh, properly dude, boxed? I'm embarrassed at the amount of tape <laughs> I used for that. <laughs> <laughs> the EPA is offended yeah. at your packaging yeah. costs right now. <laughs> yeah, dude. Oh man, I I don't know if it's a problem or a gift that. Um, I can like sort of just riff on anything, like conversation-wise. Like, give me something, and then I'll just like throw something back at you. I don't know if it's a problem or a gift that my brain thinks of these things to even talk about. <laughs> yeah, I, I I don't think it's a problem at all. It it could be construed as a problem when you're attempting to run a guitar podcast and you only spend yeah, twenty yeah. minutes of the time talking about guitar-related things. Right. Yeah. The rest of the time, you're talking about food, uh, Bernie Sanders. Hamster wheels, yeah. um, Christian killing people from uh, stealing his enclosures. <laughs> um, you know, it's just yeah. it, the, the list goes it's, on and on. Yeah. Well, it's it's pedal related in the sense that me and you are into guitar pedals, so that's, well, that's, that's how I'm thinking about it. All right. So if we can just bring it home, everybody can make that connection yeah. in their mind. <laughs> we like guitar yeah. pedals, and uh, and you yeah. should too. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, we're just two guys. Yeah, I'm. I'm totally just a guy. I'm yeah, <laughs> me, me too. Nice. So we kind of went. I don't know. I don't even know if there's a way to really bring this back yeah. to guitars well, at this point. Let's just do a hard cut. Nah, we're not there yet. We're all almost right. there though. All right, we're getting, all right. We're getting close. I think we can. Uh, we can. We can delve into something guitar related, which is. This is this is actually very applicable to you, especially because oh. you do a lot of studio stuff. Um, when you are you do mostly recording, I assume is that correct? Uh, yeah, mostly. Well, I, I mostly fix the broken stuff, but I've been starting to do more <laughs> tracking. Right. Um, but I don't do any of the mixing here, really. It's okay. just like tracking. Yeah. Right. Well, I'm more thinking about when you yourself are are making music. Um, in this particular case, uh, so what what does your current rig look like? Whether you're you know in studio doing your thing or out playing out, if you ever get that opportunity, or 
what is, what's your kind of go-to, I suppose? Well, I don't play out as much as I used to, um, but there's like we have a bunch of studio, uh, amps in the studio. Mm-hmm. So uh, I, normally I would set up uh, my pedal board, and then I have uh, like a parts of caster, um, and then I would go usually go into the jazz chorus. We have an AC15 here too. Um, mm-hmm. Sometimes I'll go into the Fender Deluxe that we have. Uh, usually that Champ that I built uh, sits in the studio just to like test, or it sits in the in the tech shop just to test. Yeah. Um, but yeah, recently I've been doing uh, everything through the jazz chorus. Um, nice. Yeah. So uh, I rock uh, some Camel Tone cables and. Uh, Actually, my pedal board is like in shambles right now, but uh, I'll try and I'll try and run through it real quick mentally. Cool. Um, that sounds familiar. I can really relate to that. Yeah, yeah. I'm always like pulling stuff off. I actually have to ship my board to South by Southwest um, on Thursday. Uh, I'm not gonna, going. To... I'm not going to be there, but my oh. board will be there. Yeah. I see. Um, Interesting. Yeah, but anyhow, uh, I usually I go into VP Junior, which I actually just got um, um, buffer modded board from my friend from Chuck Pedals. Mm-hmm. Um, he sent me a board the other day, um, and that goes into I have a Polytune, and then I have a, you know that goes to the tuner output, and then I have um, a Camel Tone Nard, which is kind of like. Uh, I don't even know what it is. It's a great like like booster sort of like dirty boost treble booster type of thing. Okay. That's great for just like pushing the the uh jangle from my telly. Um and that goes into a Chase Bliss womb tone. Mm. Uh uh the first revision of that. <laughs> right. Um and then that goes into uh, sometimes the fuzz peaks, but I just put that um, Washburn chorus that I picked up for twenty bucks. I just oh, put yeah. that after the phaser, and then that goes into the fuzz peaks. And then uh, I used to have uh, the first glacial zenith prototype on there, but I took it off. Um, and then I have the the fuzz peaks going into the whatever. And then the whatever going into a ditto, and then that to the amp. Cool. You did yes. pretty good. Yeah. Like for well, your piece of that from memory, that's pretty solid. Yeah. Well, I'm looking at all the pedals on the shelf right now, and I'm like, oh, this, oh okay. yeah, this one, and then this one. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. Not not too crazy. Not too much overdrive. You know, I got phaser, chorus, reverb, fuzz, and then you know, sort of like a booster overdrive. That's a inter- very interesting setup. I need to yeah. uh, mess around. I have I have a lot of dirt and uh, and therefore do a lot of stacking with that. But and I just recently discovered that I really like phaser, and uh, so yeah, dude. Um, I'm starting to delve into that and wondering why I didn't before. Oh, why man, was, I don't know what's wrong dude, with me, dude. Fuzz and phaser is like peanut butter and jelly. Yeah. And I, that's crazy. what I found. I just, because I love fuzz so much. I have yeah. a stupid amount of fuzz. And and I started playing with uh, the um, solid gold uh, Apollo 2. And oh, yeah, yeah. 
I can do a lot of neat tricks, and then I got an old Ross phase distortion, oh, and now, man. and now I'm just like I'm kind of wanting some more phaser. So. Yes, dude. Yeah, phaser is really fun, especially when you like can get crazy with it, or you play in a band where it's like you are the ambient guitar player. Mm-hmm. That's when it's the most fun. That's sort of where I sit when. Uh, when we jam, like all the guys in the studio, well, guys and girl in the studio, we all jam sometimes. And uh, that's sort of where I sit. I'm like more of the textural ambient guy. That would be a fun place to be. I've never been yeah. in a band where that really applied. But when right. I'm just kind of jamming by myself, I do a lot of that. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, dude, it's so fun. Good times. This yeah, reminds man. me, speaking of Rick Matthews again, he gave me the idea that I needed to try phaser in the effects loop of a delay. I Whoa. haven't tried that yet, but I'm going to. Yeah, dude, that sounds awesome, actually. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. one thing I'm obsessed with, is putting things in the effects loop of delays. I just oh, love yeah. doing that. So, it's, so it like affects the tails? Is that the whole idea? Yeah, it only affects the repeats. Oh, word, yeah. Dude, that sounds yeah. rad. It's so good. Yeah. It's so, so, so much fun, and it opens up all kinds of weirdness that you can do. Right. Because, I mean, you Dang. can, like, take it and, like, have a whole other loop. Like, I'll, like, do, like, an overdrive with a reverb on it, you know, and in that's only affecting the repeats, and then it gets mixed back with the dry signal and right. gets weird dang so. yeah that sounds great I, I, when you said that i was like how do i how can i do that how can i do that on my delay i'll figure uh, it out i don't know well you could definitely like i'm sure you being uh somebody who makes pedals could mod one if it doesn't have it but oh, not very yeah. many delays have it as a standard feature and i don't really know why right so yeah i guess people the people haven't really I feel like the reason why things don't take off is because people don't understand how it works or why you should use it. Right. So if you, yeah. So it's like that's the whole point. Demo videos exist. It's like you should use this, and I'm showing you how to use it. Yeah. Maybe I need to blaze the trail for that because I feel like I'm the only one talking about it sometimes. Yeah, dude. Yeah. <laughs> you're the, I mean, you the, are the one who gave me that idea. I guess like indirectly from Rick, but like I I hadn't even thought of that before at all. Well, yeah, it was actually like something I was grilling him on. I'm like, I love doing this. What? And we were talking about, you know, effects loops yeah. and delays. What do you like to use in your effects loop? And he's like, oh, dude, phaser. Oh, and hell yeah. So that is uh, something I still haven't tried yet, but I'm like, oh, I have a phaser. Why have yeah. I not tried that? Yeah, dude, do it. We'll, we'll do. We'll report back. Cool. Nice, man. Good times. Yeah, dude. <clears throat> well, we're right there at that uh, that time. So, do you right. want to? Um, I always like to have people kind of plug all their stuff at the end of the show. Where can everybody find you on the interwebs or in um, real life? Yeah. So, in real life, you could find me at Wicked Squid Studios in Rochester, New York. Um, on the interwebs, you can find me at adventurepedals.com. Uh, on Instagram, adventure underscore audio. Uh, Facebook is just adventure audio. Um, I think that's that's really it. And, you know, if you want to send me some memes, we can be best friends. There you go. Beautiful. 
Well, I will put all the uh, your website in the show notes, and everybody can click through, check out all Sweet. the good stuff. Cool, man. The, the whatever might be out by the time this drops, but it's going to be really close, so watch for yeah, it either way. Super it's be close. really close. Yep. Cool, man. Because we already got the the boxes back from that guy and we won't tell him where we where that guy ended up (laughs) yeah in the genesee river dude (laughs) (laughs) oh man good times yeah i think we've done a couple firsts on this episode i don't think we've actually talked about murder before but now we've broken we've broken through that barrier what's off limits at this point hey there's a first for everything you know (laughs) right on man yeah all right, well, let's uh, wrap this up. What do you say? Yeah, all right. Sounds good. All right. All right, everybody. So for Christian, I'm Blake. And as per usual, good luck and good tones. Peace out, yeah. Later. All right, everybody. That does it for this week's episode. As always, thank you very much for tuning in. And if you just can't get enough of my rambling... Head on over to your favorite podcast player, which you're probably in right now, and check out the latest Chasing Tone podcasts. Um, That show is one of the reasons that I'm doing this today. I listened to that podcast, got inspired, and so it's quite a, a, a nice turn of events to have been asked to come on for a couple episodes, and I sit down with Brian, and we talk all kinds of nonsense, and actually I get into some good some good stuff here once in a while. So if you can't get enough of my ramblings, there's a place to go check out some more. And what else is new? Hmm. Ah, yes, I'm going to be headed to Nashville in a couple weeks. So if there's anything I need to scope out while I'm down there, shoot me an email to info at tonemob.com or get in touch with me on Instagram, um, on the Facebook group, the Tone Mob Facebook group, Twitter, Snapchat, all those good places. Let me know about any Nashville stuff I need to go check out while I'm down there. So with that, I'll see you guys later and have a good week. One last thing before we totally sign off here. I just want to remind you that if you do any shopping at Stringjoy, that's Stringjoy Guitar Strings made in Nashville, that will help me out as well. As I've said for years, I'm heavily involved in that company, and I really do think they're making the best products on the market. So if you would like to try custom strings, go to ToneMob.com Stringjoy and check them out today. I seriously, seriously, seriously love what the team down there is doing. I help them out with all kinds of things, and by you supporting them, you are also supporting me as well. And hey, you need some strings So why not get some custom strings just for your guitar and playing style? Again, the link for that is ToneMob.com slash StringJoy, and that will take you right to their website, and you can do all your shopping through there, and that will help everyone involved out. So thank you very much. Talk to you next time. We are brought to you by the wonderful folks at Gun Street Wiring Shop. Yes, Gun Street Wiring Shop. I've talked about them before. I used to say based out of Bend, Oregon, but guess what? Sean moved to my neck of the woods. Sean's in Portland. Sean is awesome and has helped me with a bunch of stuff lately. And if you have wiring needs for your guitar, he can help you too. If you want to get weird with it, he can get weird. If you just need to spruce things up a little bit, there's your guy. 
He takes all the guesswork out of doing your guitar wiring, and he makes it simple, and his customer service is top-notch, and I can't say enough good things about Gunstory as a company. I really respect Sean and what he's all about, and the product is top-notch. I've got three different guitars that now have Gun Street harnesses in them, and I could not be happier. So go to GunStreetWiringShop.com and check them out.